this phrase, everybody's been woke. Well, guess what? The rest of the working class people in America have been awakened. Everybody's been woke. Woked. You know the phrase, people been woked? I haven't, haven't not, heard anybody put it that way. say, no, That's sir. <laughs> Wake up. Thank you. Um, he sounds like he's got one foot in the grave. I thought it was interesting that Tom Friedman in the New York Times wrote that most people didn't see Biden in the primary debates. Most people don't watch that stuff, and good for you. Right. Those people will tune into Trump versus Biden debates and see a guy that, a different guy than they remember. Yeah, yeah. And let's face it. How will that strike people? I don't know. Most Americans are not very engaged. I mean, we see those those polls every so often that only, you know, 22% of Americans can name the three branches of government and that sort of thing, right? I think the number of people who are unfamiliar with Joe Biden, period, even though he was Barack Obama's veep for eight years, is fairly high. And they will have no preconceptions about the... 73-term senator from Delaware. So they'll tune in. They'll see a guy who is in his final year or two of life, maybe. Oh, jeez, really? And, <laughs> and think, what? <laughs> Seriously? Well, Matt Taibbi, you know, he wrote that the media, the, the left-leaning media has really given him a pass. Because, you know, when, when Trump stumbles, and he stumbles a lot, they have, a, they have a, a psychologists on MSNBC to talk about this. Clearly a sign that dementia has set in. Well, Biden gives all kinds of indications, like every time he says anything. Mm. I mean, it's just, I mean, right? I, I, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, we've got plenty of time for we that. We hold these truths to be uh, evident that all, 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 you know the thing. we got more than 100 days to go, so. And there are some days, Jack, I think, will the election ever happen or will it always be this mythical thing in the future? <laughs> like Judgment Day or I don't know. I used to say the Cubs winning the World Series, but then that happened. Um, it, it seems impossible that it's actually going to happen, but mm. it, it will indeed. Uh, and uh, Politico had kind of a funny piece uh, they put together. Uh, what if 2020 gets really crazy? And they run various uh, scenarios up the flagpole that I found some of them amusing or intriguing. Th- this paragraph, you know, come on. Multiple interviews in recent days with influential people in Washington's political class, including strategists and government veterans, blah, 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 found most people expecting some sort of dramatic shift of plot in the election year. God, we've had a lot of dramatic shifts of plot, like all timers, like... You know, yeah, we've make noticed. the history books for a hundred years. Uh, three factors increase the likelihood of an event that in a conventional era would be highly unlikely. Number one, pros- President Donald Trump's psychology predisposed to dramatic and unorthodox actions as he contemplates public polling and news coverage that increasingly describe him as an underdog. And I'll uh, explain what they mean by that. The age of Trump and presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden, 74 and 77, respectively, during a coronavirus pandemic that has disproportionately affected older people. Boy, they do not seem three years apart. And the general tumult in which the 2020 election is taking place because of the pandemic. I've noticed the tumult. Yeah, there's been a great deal of tumult. Um, So one of the main factors is, or here's, here's your first scenario. Trump finds an exit. I don't buy this one, but a lot of people throwing it around. Yeah. He so hates the idea of being seen as a loser. He will withdraw somehow. Wouldn't he? Uh, wouldn't he have withdrawn before Hillary? I mean, because there was a, 
All kinds of polling showing him getting killed. Yeah, that's a pretty good counterargument. They talked to one veteran Republican operative, close to many in the GOP's donor class. He doesn't want to be a loser, and that's in jeopardy now. It's less than 50-50. He'd pull himself off the ticket. Uh, but I'm amazed at the number of New Yorkers that are talking about this. His former friends think he's uh, looking for an excuse to get out. Now, this is just rank speculation. If the polls are still where they are today, come elect, you know, the couple days before the election, I suppose possibly. I mean, if you're down double digits nationally and double digits in a lot of the key states, yeah, uh, it'd be pretty hard to win. How about this? Trump shakes things up. Dump Mike Pence. I could see that happen. Said one former White House official who frequently interacted with Trump, meaning somebody who worked at the White House once. He would throw Pence in a wood chipper if he needed to. <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, the only way throw he's going to pull a wood chipper. <laughs> uh, the only way he's going to pull this out is to put an African American on the ticket or put a woman on the ticket. Wow. It's good for Trump. He'll do it in a second. The problem with that scenario, though, Pence is huge in the evangelical oh, right. community. Right, right, right. And uh, and Trump needs them. So I think that one's really, uh, really unlikely. Sean and I were talking about Pence yesterday. If Pence ever really wanted to like fully. Uh, you know, get into a book someday. He he would have more knowledge about the inner workings of the Trump thing than anybody, probably. Probably yes. than anybody but Trump. Yes. I don't know if he ever will or would. He, he, I don't know if he seems like that kind of guy. Huh. But he was through the whole campaign and, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he would have more knowledge as to what it was really like than anyone. Talk about Mitch McConnell turning away from the president and throwing him to the wolves to keep control of the Senate or something. Hmm. Uh, Oh, you know, uh, this is kind of tangential to the article, but it was a great reminder. They said a September surprise. They said we used to talk about an October surprise, but a number of states, including some really important states, allow early voting to begin more than six weeks before the election day, which is a terrible idea, folks. Don't do that. All the, all the, the facts aren't in. Yeah, well, I think the people that send their ballot as soon as they get it, they're so committed to what they're going to do. I'm not sure any surprise changes their mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure it makes any difference. Well, and then they get into it. Other things that might uh, throw the election into turmoil, a high temperature and a dry cough. No need to get too macabre or dwell on this at length. It's just a statement of the obvious that if either Trump or Biden were your aging parent in the midst of a pandemic, you'd likely urge them to stay home and avoid any unnecessary human co- contact. You would not urge people creeping close to the average life expectancy for American men, which is 78.5 years, to run for president, even if they were careful about wearing masks. Now, that the statistics are misleading because if you make it to 75, for instance, your life expectancy is like 88. Yeah, but uh, still, they're, they're in the older set. I mean, we were just talking about the, 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 the numbers for corona for people over 80, and they're close to that. So uh, that would be a game changer. I think that could have a huge effect. Either one of them all of a sudden gets a fever, and they have to... You know, daily updates on their health, regular testing. Have to shut down the debates or whatever. Yeah, that'd be huge. That And that's that could happen. I'm sure they're working really hard to keep them both, but man. Now, if one of them got the vid and they couldn't do the debate, what what would you think should happen? Should, like, Mike Pence get up there and, and defend the administration? You just cancel it? I guess they'd probably cancel it, but it seems to me you could send a spokesman up there for the administration. Well, both of them with their age, if they got the COVID, I I think it would be a daily, are they going to live? I think that would be the whole narrative. Yeah. 
How about that uh, president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, who's been like a major COVID denier and how old is he? Won't take any precautions and all, and now he's got it, but good. I don't know how old he is. I think he's he's not an old guy. Sixty-five. There you go. Because we just did the stats. If you're in your 80s and you get it, you're 20 times more likely to die than people in their 50s, and hundreds of times more likely to die than people in their 40s. Right. Well, According to, to brand new research, it's out. A trip from your 40s to your 50s is a little rough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, that rings true. It's just 20 th- people in their 40s, hundreds? What? Yeah, it rings true to me. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> there are athletes in their 40s, pro athletes. Not so much in their 50s. Gordy Howe. <laughs> Come on. One sport 35 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ugh. Well. Yeah, Ugg is right. Um, we got more on the whole China thing. Uh, the head of the FBI, Director Ray, we played some of it yesterday. Um, it was long, his, his, uh, his speech about what we're up against with China, and we should get into that more this hour. We're also expecting an announcement from the Supreme Court any moment. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. i got to get on my, uh, my top-secret source for SCOTUS information. Joe had reclined in his chair with his feet up. He is now leaning forward. Leaning in, if you will, to his computer. <laughs> to Sounds get, very exciting. To get on the Supreme Court site. So we'll have the very latest. Joe, as you'll remember, almost went to law school. Very seriously considered it. <laughs> Filled out some forms. So I am the show's legal expert. <laughs> That's right. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the whole China fox hunt thing, are you into that? Do you know what that's all about? That's going on right now. That's one of the things that FBI Director Ray warned us about a couple of days ago. Fox Stay hunt, tuned. huh? Fox hunt. I thought that was more of a British thing. Uh, it's a euphemism. We have breaking news. Foxes. Breaking news. What? Betty White's dead. Breaking. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. The soups have issued a ruling on one of the tax cases, uh, the president's tax return cases everybody's so hot to trot about. This is breaking news if you're hot to trot about it. The justices (laughs) refused the president's request to throw out a subpoena from a New York grand jury seeking his financial records as part of a state criminal investigation and threw it back to the lower court. Now, to bottom line it for you. I need a bottom line. All right. Oh, that's what you're going to do. To bottom line it for you, for a couple of reasons. Number one, throwing it back to the lower court means nothing's going to happen for a while. Plus, it's a grand jury, so the testimony has got to be kept secret. Uh, None of this is going to get out before the election anyway. Now, the other case where Congress is trying to get hold of his tax records for an alleged uh, legislative purpose, which is a load of crap, um, they haven't issued that ruling yet, I don't believe. So we'll you know, just to, I don't think the justice system is supposed to work this way. But I I like punting a lot of this stuff until after an election. These things being decided not in the in the in the the final days and months of an election. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just just it, given the fever pitch of everything. Point to me on the calendar where an election cycle isn't happening. No, a presidential election. I, no, that I mean that too. Oh I mean, no, we're all, we're always in an election now, right? I get that, but um, yeah, well, not if you ignore it. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know what the cutoff would be. I don't agree with the Supreme Court thing like what Mitch McConnell did. I thought that was dirty pool, although it worked out to, to my advantage personally. Well, but, um, and elections have consequences. Right. You know, if enough people thought that was dirty pool, they'll throw uh, the Repubs out of power. Yeah. Uh, in the Senate. I don't agree that if there's a Supreme Court opening, you shouldn't fill it until the election's over. It's a <laughs> fairly questionable, uh, you know, assertion. But anyway, uh, power, anyway. power because, and, and I tell you what, it's going to be hilarious, absolutely hilarious, if on November 2nd, <laughs> okay, so they wouldn't have time, but, well, now maybe they would. But if, if the week of the election, uh, you know, uh, um, somebody resigns, let's not get macabre and, and, and talk about somebody passing away, but... If one of the justices designs the week of the election, uh, Trump and McConnell will get somebody up on Capitol Hill that day. (laughs) But that's why we have elections. If you think that's fine, fine. If you don't, vote them out. And then the day after the election, they decide you have to show your taxes. And right there on page four of his 1040 EZ, he gets a check every week from Putin for $500,000. What? It's right there in the taxes. It's collusion. I don't believe that, by the way. <laughs> um, the whole fox hunt thing. China. I want to talk about that coming up. It's pretty interesting. With the fox hunt, you know what the Chinese are doing there? What is the phrase I really like? Killing tigers and swatting flies. We'll talk, we'll talk to you about that coming up. What now? The Chinese are killing tigers and swatting flies. Now, come foxes. on, China. On a fox hunt? On a fox hunt. They're killing tigers and swatting flies. That's what they're doing. I'm more worried about the tigers than the foxes on this Some hunt. Some more on that coming up. Amazon is pulling all Washington Redskins merch. All right. Whatever. Is that is that going to become something that you just can't be seen wearing as like a Washington Redskins jacket or T-shirt or hat or whatever? I was a John Riggins fan. It's not Stop Im- beating me. It's not impossible, but I suspect that the current uh, insanity will pass. And I don't mean the legitimate, you know, quest for justice and fairness and the rest of it. I mean the fever pitch nuttiness. Hmm. Now, I've always thought the Redskins was not a good name. Honestly, you've been softer on that than I have. I, uh, I just well, nah, it's not a good name. Come well, if up I was going to start today, I wouldn't choose it. But. Yeah. I like leaving things the same. That's I'm just just in general. I like to leave things the same. <laughs> um, survival tips that might actually get you killed. I think we've earned this segment having just done deep uh, Supreme Court breakdowns. Yes, survival tips that might actually get you killed. If a bear attacks, play dead. Wrong. Really? Fact. I just fought a grizzly bear, as you know, if you follow us on Twitter. Depends on the bear. <laughs> Grizzly attacks during daytime are prompted by an invasion of the territory. The bear will usually stop once it realizes you don't pose a threat. Playing a dead can save your life. In contrast, black bear attacks are predatory response. Fight back to stay off the menu. No reason to bring a race into this. So fight a black bear. Yes. Play dead for a grizzly. Wow. There you go. They're, and uh, they're fairly identifiable. Another survival tip that might actually get you killed. Boil water for 10 minutes to make it safe to drink. Fact! Not true. The what? Time, the time it takes water to reach a roiling boil. Uh, any disease-causing organisms will die regardless of altitude beyond, the, beyond that. All it's got to do is boil, period. Yeah, you, once you get it to a boil, you don't need to dead. boil it yeah. longer. You're done here. Yeah. Baby rattlers are more dangerous than oh, adults. And Fact! The, 
and how that one might get you killed is because you're just wasting fuel. Like, you you don't need to use that much fire. That's a bit of a stretch, but okay. Fact! Or if you drink the boiling water too quickly. That that also is boiling. Fact! What? Uh, Baby rattlers are more dangerous than adults? No, fact! Really? As juveniles, most American venomous snakes have little control over their glands and always inject a full dose. Right, I've heard that for years, and I live in rattlesnake country. I've had to uh, deal with quite a few snakes. Adults may inject a partial dose, or in some cases, none at all. What? What a second! But so that turns out the old wife's tale is true, right? Okay, that doesn't help me any. Um, Fact: If if you have no idea what you're talking, if you're dying of thirst, (laughs) should you drink your urine? Yes, clearly. It's one thing to drink pale urine, which is ninety-five percent water, but the more times you pass it through your system, the more toxic the effect on your kidneys. So don't drink your urine over and over for days. Right. It's a sick enough. Right. Just enjoy it once or twice. And then, eh, I don't know. Try to find a nice mud puddle to, to lap up or something. I don't know. After boiling it for just a second. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I hope and, you don't and get And look in... out for rattlesnakes when you're fighting a grizzly. Or playing dead. Right. Drinking your own urine while you play dead fighting a black bear. You know what? That's right. you got to fight a black bear. Right. Play dead with a a fever. I I tell you what, the grizzly's charging at me. I'm thinking, I can't remember which is which. (laughs) I cannot remember. Munch, munch, munch. It's all over. China, the threat coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. China is engaged in a whole-of-state effort to become the world's only superpower by any means necessary. We played that yesterday. That's FBI Director Ray. I thought that was an extraordinary statement. I'm, uh, I guess I'm not surprised that it doesn't get more attention, but that's the FBI Director, who knows exactly what China is up to, saying... Their goal is to be the lone superpower by any means necessary. I'm glad at the highest levels of government we're taking this completely seriously. Indeed. I hope we continue to. Uh, yeah. So something we did yesterday give you a little bit of an idea of uh, the Pentagon and the president and everybody else, how serious we're taking it. We sent a B-52 Stratofortress airplane to the region. Why is that a big deal? Well, uh, a couple of reasons. So, you know, we sent uh, two aircraft carriers, what, a week ago, which was an extraordinary move. We've never done that before in terms of flexing our muscles. We have sent one, and usually that's a big flex. To send two is really a big flex. And it was to say to China, we're not scared of you. Um, I'm reading this uh, from the Washington Examiner, and it quotes a whole bunch of military people, people on various committees, people who have been on committees in the past, experts in this area. We sailed them where we did because it's very risky. China said they could have responded with force, but what we said to China is, we're willing to take that risk. That demonstrates our willingness to absorb costs, our willingness to fight. It's a very effective move. Well, I'm sure that was an exciting day at work for the folks on that B-52. Well, that's I'm talking about the aircraft carriers. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, The two aircraft carriers we sent, we sailed where they could hit us quite easily. So Mm. what we're saying is we'd be okay with that. We could could absorb that if we had to, and we still believe we would beat you. Mm -hmm. It's a a power move. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a power move. Um, And then so sending the plane, what was that all about? So China has said fairly recently they could take Taiwan in 100 hours with 10,000 casualties. If they wanted to, 
Well, we sent this B-52 Stratofortress, which... Um, I'm going to live in a Stratofortress. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Representative no kidding. Ted like Yoho... Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Representative Ted Yoho, who's a senior Republican on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, said they can't compete with us on that particular plane, and they know that. For a variety of reasons. We can take out their... Uh, bombing ability, their, their ability to sink our aircraft carriers, we can take out with that plane. It's something nobody else in the world has. And specifically, we flew it 28 hours straight from Louisiana to China to show the, oh, that whole 100 hours thing. We can get there in about a quarter of that time with this plane and take out everything you got. Wow. That was the whole point of that move. That's some high-level you know, chest-thumping right there. Yeah. That most of the world is missing. Like, I didn't know that. Until I read this article. Wow. And when you hear about an aircraft carrier or a plane or whatever, you know, you think, oh, okay, well, it's kind of a show of force or whatever. But you don't understand the specifics of it. Mm-hmm. The Chinese know, holy crap, they flew that plane that can take out all of our stuff that we need. They got it here in 28 hours. That's amazing. That it that, is. that level of gamesmanship is going on behind the scenes. Yeah. With the, the, the two most powerful countries in the world. Right. Whew. Right. Well, China, you know, if you're not familiar with this, is the neighborhood bully, and they have been really aggressive lately. And uh, and and somebody had to step up to them and say, "Hey, you've gone too far." Um, I thought that was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have breaking news, but uh, I don't want to interrupt your flow because you got some mad flow going. Um, yeah, I've got more. Oh, it was okay. all. It was not just a um a sign to China, by the way. It was also to our allies in the region, to Australia, to Japan, to whoever else that we can handle this. We have the equipment to handle this. We you know, and we're paying attention to it so that you know the allies stick with us. Now, right. So it's pretty interesting. Right. So back to more of what Director Ray said from the FBI about China, including that amazing statement that. Uh, They're hell-bent on being the lone superpower by whatever means necessary. Um, Part of his speech. Of the nearly 5,000 active FBI counterintelligent cases currently underway across the country, half are related to China, FBI Director Ray said. That is a stunning figure. In terms of the FBI's caseload, it means the Chinese espionage is about on par with the threat of foreign terrorist organizations at this point. In late 2019, the FBI said it was investigating more than 2,000 cases to overseas terror groups. We have 5,000 active FBI counterintelligence cases against China going on right now. He didn't offer a specific damage estimate for uh, CCP's economic espionage, which is what a lot of it is, but he implied that it totals billions of dollars, giving an example. He pointed to the case of Honglin Tan, a Chinese national who stole $1 billion worth of trade secrets from a petroleum company in Oklahoma. That's amazing. One guy. Yeah. That has to be one of the top thefts in the history of the world. It really is. One guy able to steal a billion dollars? Tan worked for China's Thousands Talent Program, which recruits academics to steal technology. We've talked about that a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, To give a sense of the total impact of Chinese espionage, Ray claimed that Tan's case, in which a lone individual stole a billion dollars, was a typical example. Mm -hmm. Wow! Yeah. That's not an outlier. We didn't pick out the most exciting one. That's happening all the time. Uh, And now moving on to the fox hunt, which I found very, very interesting. Now, is this with the flies again? Swatting tigers and swatting flies? Or is that different? No, it's the same thing. The fox hunt. Um. 
What are you, you throwing a party in a zoo here? It's craziness. The fox hunt is China. Uh, it's need to corral any dissidents, traitors, whatever, all around the world. Mm. And they're hunting them down. Oh, boy. And uh, if, if you're out there as a uh, everything from a businessman who stole money from the Communist Party and took off to uh, a writer uh, who just, you know, writes you know, columns that nobody reads that's anti-China, they're they're out to get you and to bring you back to China. I'd imagine if you're an academic and they come to you and say, we want you to steal some trade secrets, and you say, I don't want to, you're probably on that enemy's list, too. Hundreds of fox hunt victims say that they, um, that live right here in the United States, many are American citizens or green card holders, Ray explained. The CCP employs shocking tactics to force them to return to China. Ray said that the CCP has employed just about any horrible tactic you can imagine in order to force compliance, including threatening and imprisoning family members inside China. In one case, according to Ray, the CCP sent an emissary to visit the target's family here in the United States. The emissary warned the target that he or she had two options, return to China promptly or commit suicide. Holy cow! Which is them saying, we will kill you and it will look like suicide, right? Uh, I or you guess, can kill or... yourself or we're going to kill you. Right, or kill yourself, or we'll we'll imprison your entire family. Yeah, this is all in the name of forcing compliance with their anti-corruption campaign. They call it. But so obviously, we're bothered here in the United States that a foreign country is coming here and and threatening people, many of them U.S. citizens. Um, and you know, well, that's just that ain't cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the fox hunt is all about killing tigers and swatting flies, which means that all of those guilty of siphoning off public funds or writing anti-communist uh, columns or whatever. It doesn't matter if you're a big time crook or a small time writer, tiger or fly. Mm. We're going to kill the tigers and swat the flies. We're going to get them all. That's what their program is. Wow. Nice yeah, empire. Really interesting. God, they're stuff. so evil. They so are. Evil. Here's your breaking news, Michael. You could slap Brandon on his haunch. The Supreme Court, if you're not familiar with this, on the first week of June, uh, revs up their engines and screeches their tires and gets out of town and shouts their uh, their decisions over their shoulders as they get out of town. Obamacare's attacks! <laughs> exactly. Couple of biggies today. These, what is there, about eight, nine of these people? Uh, that's correct, yes. Supreme Court blocks Congress from getting Trump's tax records, sending a case back to the lower court. Yeah, I saw Pete Williams of NBC said it's likely the public will never see his taxes. So, r- r- Right. There you go. Yeah. Um, and the other decision, which I hadn't really understood, but I've been looking into, um, and I'm, I, I still don't fully appreciate the significance of it, but they the soups ruled five to four that much of eastern Oklahoma, a huge chunk of it, including Tulsa, is an Indian reservation. What now? It is an Indian reservation. Say that again. Uh, (laughs) A whole bunch of one of our states is an Indian reservation. We're deciding that in 2020. Yeah, I know. It has to do with a a treaty and... uh, Oklahoma's pre-statehood period, and then they're, they're, when they attained statehood. And it, oh, what was it, that book last year that was all about that? Wasn't that about Oklahoma's well, Indian well, Reservation and how it was stolen? There was a popular book last book year. I book learning, as you know. Uh, let's see. I'll just read it to you. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. 
Uh, the Supreme Court ruled Thursday that nearly half of Oklahoma falls within the Muscogee Creek Indian Reservation over the objections of the federal and state governments enforcing 19th century treaties. Neil Gorsuch wrote for the 5-4 court, joined by the liberals. Nice job, Neil. At issue was whether Oklahoma's admission to the Union dissolved the reservation that covered the state's eastern half, including its second most populous city, Tulsa. That, almost half the state? Including the second biggest town? Yeah. That's incredible. Now, So what does that mean as of today? Well, first of all, an extremely troubling uh, fact that you need to be aware of. <clears throat> Jim C. McGirt, a Creek Indian... <clears throat> who was convicted in state court of raping a four-year-old girl. He's convicted. He and his lawyers said, you have no jurisdiction here. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, beyond... That is a crazy system, <clears throat> if, that's a, if that's the way it works. Beyond the monstrous Mr. McGirt, the case put in question hundreds of state convictions and the future prosecutions in a vast swath of territory. And it held broader implications for the legal framework in eastern Oklahoma where taxing powers and contracts involving members of the tribe could be affected. Um, you know, I'd have to do a lot more reading, and so would you, to understand the full effects of this. But I, I can't even imagine what's going on here or what Gorsuch was thinking. I mean, if if they say, no, the treaty still stands, then I guess the treaty still stands. But what but if you live in eastern Oklahoma? Now, do you now live on an Indian reservation I, and are subject to their rules, laws, or lack of them? It would seem so, but I don't do know. Do you still get to have private property? I don't know. Because how does an Indian reservation work? Do you have well, private property on an Indian reservation, or is it all reservation property? Belong to the tribe. Would it void all contracts that have been certified by the state in that region? I don't you know. You don't own this house. If the it, tribe if owns If it this decertifies house. prosecutions, then what else? I don't know. What the heck? Or is it just going to be the world's biggest Indian casino? Congratulations on getting Tulsa to the good folks of the Muscogee, uh, also known as the Creek Indian uh, tribe. There's going to be a whole bunch of lawyers licking their chops for an opportunity to tear into this one. Oh, and to get their child rapists uh, released from prison, for instance. Oh, this is troubling. Troubling you, times. You'd have thought we'd have worked this out a long time ago. Yeah. Well, the, they tried this case uh, a while back, a couple of years ago, and I think it was Gorsuch who... Uh, Has Elizabeth Warren weighed in on this? <clears throat> one of the justices recused himself for some reason, and it was a 4-4 to four tie. Then they unrecused the, recused themselves, and now it's a five to four ruling. Gorsuch has gone off the reservation. If you'll pardon the expression, I will not. I absolutely will not. Liberals were able to circle the wagons and bring him in. All right, I'm done here. I'm through. The rest of you want to listen to this uh, nonsense? Feel free, but I'm through. Um, Boy, we have some good stuff. Don Lemon, the wokest of the woke, uh, a tape from his past. You may find very revealing. He didn't wear blackface, did he? He's a black man. This is, you know what? My instincts were right before. The segment is over. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah. 
Yeah, Democratic cities are in chaos right now. Is this what you want from Joe Biden? And they're going to take your country away, and they're taking down the statues. And crime is rising crime as is they rising. defund police. Oh, my gosh, it's so bad. And they're defunding police. It's like... That is uh, Don Lemon and and Chris Cuomo of CNN mocking the rise, the stark, the horrifying rise in crime and violence and murder in America's big cities. Mocking Republicans for bringing it up. Interesting as CNN continues to descend into a cesspool of idiocy and hypocrisy. Don Lemon, who's uh, going for the Wokest of the Woke Award uh, a couple of years ago. Um, because he's been like militantly pro Black Lives Matter and the rest of it uh, during the current period. Here's uh, Don Lemon a, a few years back. More than seventy-two percent of children in the African American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers, and the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. So please, black folks, as I said, if this doesn't apply to you, I'm not talking to you. Pay attention to and think about what has been presented in recent history as acceptable behavior. Pay close attention to the hip-hop and rap culture that many of you embrace. A culture that glorifies everything I just mentioned. Thug and reprehensible behavior. A culture that is making a lot of people rich, just not you. And it's not going to. No, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's just, he's adapted. His channel has decided to become the woke channel. And so now he is uh, contradicting everything he holds dear in service to his career, probably. Uh, you might think that sounds crazy. We know a talk show guy who used to be a big conservative guy. Now he's a big liberal guy. He didn't have some sort of changing of heart. He just. <laughs> and vehemently so. I mean, oh, he's yeah. one of those like out to kill. Oh, yeah. You know, on, on one side and then the other side if you get hired for different radios. I couldn't do that, but. No, he's also uh, an amoral, uh, awful human being. And we'd name him, but that would bring attention to him. And we don't want to do that. Hey, did you see what I tweeted uh, last night? I don't think so. The guy in the laundry basket on the treadmill. I did oh, not yeah. see that. Yeah, that's oh, good that's stuff. good. That's really good stuff. We're posting it at the website at armstrongandgetty.com. So a guy gets in a laundry basket. It's a scientific experiment. It's a really. scientific experiment, yeah. and he tries sitting in the laundry basket on the treadmill at different speeds. He starts at one mile an hour, and of course the the, the, the treadmill just takes him on the laundry basket, and he kind of just tips forward. Then at two miles an hour, he tips forward a little more. At three miles an hour, he falls over. When he gets up to nine miles an hour, I think he's just flying the thing. It's hilarious. One mile an hour at a time. It's a great video. At armstrongandgetty.com. Wow. Wow. Well, I was going to read The Prisoner in the original French, but if you'd like to watch that. A guy in a laundry basket on a treadmill? Yes, I would like to watch that. He was wearing a helmet. He was being safe. Did he have a helmet on? I I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I think he did. (laughs) <laughs> we need more of that right now. Yes. Yes, we do. We do indeed. Is the Supreme Court done as far as we know? I think that's it. Those were the, the three big decisions for today. The two tax decisions, they more or less, well, they said Congress cannot have the president's tax returns. Um, threw it back to the lower court. Uh, same with the grand jury in New York. Long and short, we will probably never see the returns and certainly not before the election. And then they declared a huge chunk of Oklahoma is an Indian reservation. 
Like half the state. A huge chunk of eastern Oklahoma, including Tulsa. Wow. And let a uh, guy who raped a little child go because of it. Just extraordinary. we got to figure that out. Yeah, I know. And I can't imagine what chaos that's going to lead to. And and I've got to consult more learned folks than me to figure it out. Can't Because the guy, the rapist's argument, we mentioned this a couple minutes ago, but was you can't prosecute me. You don't have jurisdiction here in eastern Oklahoma. Well... He's not the only one. Are there successful uh, reservations in the country where the people are living a lifestyle that is uh, equal to or better than the surrounding area? Because I'm only aware of the opposite. O- only where, where there's have, been a huge infusion of gambling money. Uh, well, I, I don't even know if that's true. Um, I, I don't know personally know the examples because I know I know of a couple of reservations pretty well because of people I know who live right next to them. And uh, even the ones that have the casinos, the casino makes a ton of money, but the reservation is still just, it's like a trash dump. Yeah, it's, it's and, a terrible standards. Of and living. as soon as you cross the county li- or the reservation line into the United States, I guess, mm-hmm. um, it's just a completely different world. I mean, it's an upscale area that just, it just falls apart. I mean, are there reservations that are successful? Anywhere? I don't know. I don't know. What a terrible experiment that has turned out to be. Well, yeah, and, and it relates kind of what... To what Don Lemon was talking about back in the day, just the idea of uh, we're victims, we need the government to care for us, you you can't blame us for anything. Victimhood and dependence is a 100% predictor of misery. It's just, it, 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 I can't imagine how, you know, one political party sells that doctrine as poison. Well, half the state of Oklahoma is now a reservation, whatever that means. Mm. Armstrong and Getty.